Welcome back if you're a returning listener and welcome if you're a new listener to YBO. I'm your host, Christina Royster. Make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening today and you can follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at the YBO podcast and on YouTube as well. We're on YouTube and we have a new video up. I don't know why I'm saying we because it's just me. I'm a solo host, but you get the picture. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, YBO is available wherever and make sure you follow for extra content. So on today's episode, I'm doing a pop culture roundup. I don't even know where to start. We have just the news in general, Ukraine and Russia. I want to talk about the new Batman, Love is Blind. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. You know I got to start with put y'all on. So let me put y'all on to Ada. O-T-T-A, my friend just put me onto this. This is, uh, I guess, a website or an app. I'm not sure if they have an app. I'm on the website right now. I'm looking at the website. It is essentially Tinder for job searching. (laughs) And you put in your skills and your favorite things and you just swipe left or right on companies. And it's kind of more for tech jobs, but maybe there are some jobs for tech companies on this website. I don't know. I haven't tried it out yet, but, um, you know, they have the logos of Airbnb and Netflix and Lyft and Spotify on their website. So these are the kind of uh, companies that you can expect to see on here, but I don't know how it works yet, but I just want to put y'all onto the fact that this does exist and it's cool and it's interesting because a lot of people are on the job hunt right now. And when you're searching for jobs, what are you going to do? Just go on indeed and just type it in and scroll through a thousand uh, job postings, you know, so this seems like a really cool, innovative idea. Um, I'm not sure if it's really taken off yet. It says it's, you know, been featured in some publications. So I might be onto a startup right now. I'm not sure how old this company is, but I just wanted to put y'all onto that because I kind of like how we can just like tenderfy, tenderfy, is that a word? Tenderfy everything these days. Like you could just swipe left or right on anything these days on a car, on a, you could get a car sent to your house through a mobile phone. So you know, um, take advantage. This is pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, I'm just looking at, they had Peloton on here, but Peloton's not a great employer. So make sure you know that, (laughs) which leads me to my next segue. I just really wanted to just talk about mental health and I just wanted to check in and make sure y'all are good because everybody from my mother to my best friends and everybody in between is just kind of fed up with their jobs right now. It seems, it just seems like, I don't know. I don't know. It just seems like it's getting worse everywhere. And maybe it's the supply chain and the war and maybe it's just bad people in management positions. And that's all I'm going to (laughs) say. But I mean, I already talked about that before on the podcast, but it's just workplaces are just so toxic these days. And I know that a lot of people are out here job searching. So that's why I mentioned that as my put y'all on but also just the fact that work takes up so much of our time and, and our mental health is tied to it. Like that's not good in itself, you know? So I just wanted to tap in and make sure y'all are good. If you are not good, reach out, talk to me. You can always email me at hello, YBO at gmail.com because I want to hear from you guys. Um, I'm probably going through the same things that you're going through. And we really just have to remind ourselves to take breaks set boundaries. And I I know it's easier said than done, but if we're going to, you know, preach all that stuff, then we really need to practice it because we cannot 
we can't lose our minds over a check. Okay. We just can't. My mother really sat me down the other day and she was like, it's either the job or your mental health. Like I'm not about to go crazy over a job. So please, please don't ever let a job get between you and your mental health and not just a job, a person. If somebody is bothering you, I was just watching a sermon the other day where he was talking about how y'all know I'll be watching Darius Daniels on YouTube. I think I mentioned that on the podcast before. And so this pastor, he was saying, Darius Daniels, he was saying like, uh, one time Abraham was going somewhere and his, he brought his nephew lot with him, but his nephew was really slowing him down. His nephew was not making this an easy trip. So he had to cut his nephew off. He said, let me go right. And you go left. How about that? Like let's split up, let's cut ties because sometimes you really got to cut off a lot. You have to cut off a person, place, or thing that is slowing you down and and, and messing messing with your progress. And, and you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to get too preachy, but it doesn't have to be a job. Whatever it is or whoever it is that's getting getting to your mental health and, and messing, with, what, messing with your mind, yeah, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. We do not want to lose our minds. So just be, be conscious. Be honest with yourself. Check in with yourself. Stop trying to do too much. And uh, I, I haven't really been listening to anything lately. I I, sh- I share on the podcast usually, you know, what I've been listening to. I haven't really been listening to anything new. But I have been, um, you know, listening to Jasmine Sullivan's Deluxe Hotels. And I saw how she, you know, got COVID and, and paused some of her tour dates. But then she got better. And she was like, I'm going to try to make it for you guys. And I was just wondering, like, this is... I was thinking, like, this is great, but is she pushing herself too hard? Like, how bad does she have COVID? How bad were the symptoms? Like, should she kind of just try to rest a little bit more? If she says that she's fine to do it and the doctor cleared her, okay. But I do think that women, black women, and just everybody, we have been pushing ourselves a little too much. And I think that we should take a moment and remember, number one, is people still out getting COVID out here? It's still a pandemic. Number two, we got this war going on. I'm just trying to keep my head down for real (laughs) I I, it's just too much going on out here and the last thing I need to do is go crazy over something so uh that's my spiel about mental health I mean I could talk about the war but I just don't want to be too depressing the war uh in Ukraine right now Russia every day is just escalating and and people really didn't uh really start to feel the burn until gas started going up to five dollars a gallon um it's outrageous out here And all I can do is just pray for this world because, I mean, you know, I'm one of those people, like, am I really into politics? No. Do I pay attention all the time? No. So I probably had, excuse me, ooh, what was that, a burp? (laughs) I probably had to Google at some point, like, um, you know, what's going on in Ukraine or why does Russia hate Ukraine or something. And, and, And we really read up on it because it's just like, all we get is just headlines. I was telling my boyfriend the other day, I'm on the elliptical at the gym. I look up on one screen is CNN on the other screen. It's Fox on the next screen. It's NBC, different iterations of the same story, different headlines for the same story. Just, just craziness out here. And it's always just something bad. So I try to not to, are you one of those people that like stays tapped into the news? So you know what's going on in case a, a missile is headed our way. Or are you one of those people who kind of just like keeps their head in the sand and you're like, we're all going to die anyway. I'm kind of in the middle at this point. (laughs) And I know a lot of other people are too. So yeah, there's not much more I want to say on the war because I just feel like 
this, this, the other thing that's been happening is a lot of people jumping into Twitter spaces. Everybody, social media makes everybody thinks they're an expert on everything. I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys that I'm the expert on the war in Ukraine. I, I can't even tell you, you know, what the war is about in some aspects. But like I said, I've been doing my reading. I've been trying to do my reading and educate myself. But then you straddle the line between like, how, how can you trust these media outlets? That's another story. So I'm just trying to do everything I can to stay informed and not be naive, but not dwell on it too much because I just, I'm one of the people I, I will, you know, what do they call it? Like catastrophic thinking. I will have catastrophic thinking. So instead of doing that, I'm just trying to live my life day by day. And you might not agree with that, but you might think I need to be more informed or I need to be more radical, but I, this is this is my platform and this is what I'm good at and this is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to tell you things I don't know. I'm going to tell you about my feelings. I'm going to tell you my thoughts. I'm going to tell you my opinions. Ding, ding, ding. Young, black, and opinionated. So let's put a pin in that and let's move on to uh, International Women's Day was also this week. And, you know, that you would think that would be another happy topic. Like, oh, International Women's Day. But some people were spinning it and some people were saying like, I don't want you to empower me. I'm tired of all this like girl boss, girls rock. Like we can do anything. Awesome. Strength. Like I'm tired of that. And somebody posted, don't empower me, pay me. And that right there, mm, that's, that, I couldn't have said it better. Like I don't want to see another women's campaign and yada yada when, when we're not really practicing what we preach. That's really the title of this episode. Practice what you preach because- in so many ways, it's just been empty promises. And I feel like uh, International Women's Day, how could we even celebrate International Women's Day when we still fighting abortion laws? Like, just stupid laws. Just stupid shit. Like, why was this ever, ever a law? Why are we talking about don't say gay bill in Florida? It is 2022. You cannot be serious right now. You're going to ban teachers from saying the word gay? Are you kidding me? Yeah, I could go on and on about that too. How do I get on this? Oh yeah, International Women's Day. Even who made up the holiday? Who made up the holiday? You know, I, I want to be positive and, I, and I, I posted something and I said, you know, I feel like this International Women's Day, I am celebrating, you know, the women who are speaking up, the women who are speaking out and making history our way. Because I feel, I still feel like people are trying to define women and define what we do. And... That's across all races and, and all nationalities. I feel like women, like, I don't want to be a girl boss. I don't want to be a strong black woman. I posted that. I posted that on my Instagram. I said, I am tired of being the strong black woman. Why can't I be the well-rested black woman? Why can't I be the joyous black woman? Why can't I be the happy black woman? I don't want to be the strong black woman all the time. So think about that. Let, and speaking of that, I also saw, now this is kind of funny, let's shift gears. I saw on Twitter that black women weren't liking uh, being called auntie. And <laughs> I get both sides of the of the argument. And that's why I wanted to bring it up on the episode. Because I wanted to, to bring this to my listeners and see what y'all have to say. Please uh, DM me on social media about auntie. How would you feel if somebody called you auntie? It depends on... Either way, no, it just, it just, it just ages you. I don't care how old you are. Auntie just sounds, it ages you. And I get it. You know, it's a term of endearment. And some people were saying you shouldn't take it so seriously. Like it's a term of endearment. But if somebody tells you they don't like a name, then they don't like the name. And you should just, 
you know, respect what they have, respect their feelings. And, you know, some people have made nicknames for me that I didn't really like. My boyfriend keeps trying to call me Stina, like Christina, like he just keeps calling me Stina. And <laughs> I, I mean, I don't mind when he calls it me that because that's his pet name for me, you know. But if somebody else tried to call me Stina that I didn't even know on social media, media, I'll be like, no, you don't know me like that. And so that's what this lady was trying to say. She was on social media saying like, uh, auntie is kind of like too familiar. And I get that because I got put in my place before. One time I called an elder like cute. Cause you know, sometimes you do see a cute old lady and you're like, oh, she's so cute. But that was kind of, uh, you know, condescending. And I shouldn't have said that I learned, you know? So that's what this person was saying about auntie. Like, I think sis is okay. In my opinion, I feel like to call somebody bro or sis, um, I feel like that you could probably get away with, but I wouldn't call somebody unk or auntie. I mean, we call uncle Phil, uncle Phil, because you know, that's everybody's uncle. But if, if you, if you didn't get the go ahead from somebody to call them auntie, I'm going to say, don't do that. That definitely, we, we be joking like auntie Mary J. Blige, right? Like auntie Mary, but Maybe she don't like that. Oof, now that I'm thinking about it. So let me, uh, oh, speaking of Mary J. Blige, I saw this week that she's uh, doing a, a festival sponsored by Pepsi with Ella May, Jasmine Sullivan. I know I just mentioned Jasmine Sullivan. Shaka Khan, an awesome, awesome R&B festival on Mother's Day weekend. So check that out this year. That's gonna be great. Speaking of live music, um, my friends this week, we were talking about like, should we go to this weekend concert? The weekend is on tour with Doja Cat, and I love me some Doja Cat. I know I said what I said in the past, but I'm singing a new tune. Planet Her was definitely my most played album last year, and I love Doja Cat now. So, now that we've cleared that up, should I go to a concert? Um, I don't know. For me, I was trying to explain to somebody, I have not kept up with The weekend. I'm gonna keep it real with y'all. I haven't listened to any of his new music. I didn't even know that his latest breakout single was Sacrifice. I have not heard it. Um, so I just haven't kept up with him. I don't, it's not that I don't like the sound and the direction that he's gone in. It's just every song started to sound the same to me. I don't know. Um, and my brother who always has a hot take on music, he was like, it's fascinating that everybody didn't like the last album, but they like this album and they sound completely the same. So <laughs> again, I have not listened to either of them, but I, I knew Blind and Lights and that was about it. That's about the moment I stopped really listening to The weekend. I just can't keep up with all the new music sometimes. And so um, I would really be going to this tour to see Doja Cat. I really like Doja Cat. And I really wish that she was the headliner. But I don't think I'm going to go. I have I just have a lot of expensive com expenses coming up. Life is getting expensive. It's just in general. Life is getting expensive out here. <laughs> but that would be quite a treat to see The weekend. I did treat myself to a movie, though. And that leads me to what I've been watching. Um, so let's start with the Batman. The Batman, I was really excited about this because I was a Twilight fan. I, you know, back in the day, I liked Rob Pattinson and his creepy, crawly, pale, you know, vampire days. And so I haven't really kept up with his career since then, but I know he's really done amazing things in between. And so now he's the new Batman and, you know, in the new take on the Batman, because there's been how many takes on the Batman? I don't know. There's like 50,000 Batman movies, but from... What I saw and in the movie and in the previews, this is definitely going to be a new DC world. And um, I actually just saw a tweet from 
Dwayne Johnson and he was talking about how he has like two new DC movies coming up and the DC universe expanding. I wonder if the DC universe could get as big as the Marvel universe. You know, some people think that they have what it takes, but I don't know. I mean, from, from what I saw at the Batman, it was a great movie, action packed cinematography on point, just everything, just exactly what you would expect in a, in a Batman movie. It was awesome. However, it was long. <laughs> And I saw the 8 p.m. showing, and so I was falling asleep because it was a three-hour movie. I was nodding off the whole time. I'm sorry. It, it was so good, and, and, and I could understand what was going on even, even though I was falling asleep, so it was that good. It was a very good movie. Some parts could have definitely been omitted, but otherwise, I enjoyed the movie. I really love to see Zoe Kravitz in her element. I, I could play devil's advocate and talk a little bit about colorism because she is a light cat woman, but whatever. At this point, it's the same thing I said about the last movie. What was the last movie? I talked about colorism during The Heart of They Fall. And people were like, oh, Zazie Beetz was too light to be Stagecoach Mary. Okay, yeah, Stagecoach Mary, like that was based on a real person. But Catwoman, fictional character, you know, I, I mean, I should have looked up the comics beforehand because in the comics, she may have been brown skin. But either way, it's a new new adaptation. And honestly, I couldn't imagine anybody else next to Rob Pattinson. Uh, Zoe Kravitz is about as pale as him. And so <laughs> the movie was good. She did awesome. This role is definitely in good hands. And she also uh, kind of portrayed her position, not her position, her role in the movie as bisexual. So that was cool. That was new. Um, yeah, the Batman was awesome. I want to talk about um, the Adam project as well, but I forgot to pull up my notes. So let me just do that right now. The Adam project is a movie coming out on Netflix this week at the time of this episode. This is, this hasn't come out yet, but the Adam project is a movie with Ryan Reynolds. Uh, it's produced by Ryan Reynolds, starring Ryan Reynolds. You know, we just love a Ryan Reynolds movie. I know I'm like months late, but I just recently watched free guy and that movie was really good. And so, um, this movie is on Netflix after accidentally crash landing in 2022 time traveling fighter pilot, Adam Reed teams up with his 12 year old self for a mission to save the future. So, you know, it's just a cute little buddy movie with Adam, not Adam. <laughs> it's called the Adam project, but it's starring Ryan Reynolds playing Adam Reed and he teams up with a little kid who's playing a younger version of himself. It's time travel. It's awesome. And I can't wait to watch that. And did you guys know that Ryan Reynolds is really like a marketing genius? Like he really is with, um, you know, just some of his other, he like did a craft Mac and cheese commercial recently and like worked the Adam project into it. It was really clever. It was cute. So I'm a fan. I, I, I look forward to watching that this weekend. And then we have, um, the Weekend Away. I watched that on Netflix, y'all. This movie, spoilers. I'm gonna just have to give some spoilers. Okay. First of all, it's starring Leighton Meester. You know, we love Leighton Meester from Gossip Girl back in the day, yada, yada. And now she's like in her 30s and like playing a mom. So it's interesting, right? It's cool to like see your childhood and teen celebrities grow up and, and become, now they're like, they went from playing high schoolers to like playing moms. And so the weekend away, she's a new mom. She takes a weekend away in Croatia with her friend and her friend goes missing and things go left. And it's a thriller. It's awesome. It's uh, based on a book. I don't be reading like that. So <laughs> y'all know that I have a short attention span and I prefer audiobooks and podcasts over, you know, paper bound books. However, 
if you like this movie, then you should definitely check out the book series. Um, but it was a thriller and it had me on the edge of my seat. Let's just say cheating husband, um, a whole lot of stuff going on in that movie. I've really been in my bag lately with like all these thrillers. I've just been watching all these thriller series on Netflix. Um, there's another one I watch. I want to watch called pieces of her. Um, it's just crazy. So sometimes it's, it's just a mind bender as if life isn't a mind fuck already, but it's interesting. It's like solving a puzzle while watching a movie or a show. So I love thrillers and check out the weekend away. Now, if you want to talk about solving a puzzle, love is blind is definitely a, a, a clusterfuck. <laughs> love is blind season two. I watched this in about a week. I watched the reunion and all I have to say is season two was not like season one. You could really tell who was in it, like, just for the clout or just to say they were on Netflix or whatever. And I'm talking about Shake. I'm talking about the dude who just was talking out of his ass, especially during the reunion. Why are you talking? Don't, don't come unless I send for you. How about that? Because he just kept butting into every conversation. And it's just like, you're digging yourself a bigger hole because you were already the season villain and now we really don't like you. And the reason being, if you have no idea what I'm talking about and you haven't watched this show, is because the premise of the dating show is to date blindly, to to date somebody without seeing them and then propose without seeing them. And then once you do see them and you get to know each other, do you want to say yes or no at the altar? That's it. And this dude was focused on looks. And that's great. If, if you want a good looking person you know, who, who, who doesn't, but the point is that's not the, the premise of this show. And so even Vanessa Lachey was like, you're on the wrong show, buddy, because he was just like kind of degrading the women, you know, asking stupid questions like, Oh, how much do you weigh? Can I put you on my shoulders at a festival? And I'm going to tell you something. It really does come down to somebody not loving themselves. Cause this was an Indian man who said that he had only dated white blonde girls and he really didn't didn't date his own race. And I'm just like, mm, I think you need a little self-reflection. So yeah, Love is Blind. Check that out if you just want some mind-numbing, you know, reality TV dating show stuff. But if you already watch and you're a fan and you want more, there's a new podcast called We Have Receipts. Or is it We Have The Receipts? One of those. Um, and it's hosted by... Lauren Speed Hamilton, who was a contestant on Love is Blind season one. And she found her husband and worked out for him, uh, for her. And now she has a Netflix podcast. So check out the podcast. And that podcast is basically going to be like receipts from, you know, dating shows. I, I just told you guys, during the reunion of Love is Blind season two, they said that they only showed a watered down version of some of the stuff this guy said about women. And just knowing that, I can't imagine what he did say. Because if that was watered down, sheesh. And so they said that the girl that he was uh, paired up with on the show was going to be giving receipts on that podcast. And she was going to, I hope that she revealed what he was saying to her. Because that probably is very juicy and I would like to know. And I would really just like to kick that guy in the balls. That guy was really just an a-hole and it was cringy to watch. That reunion was so cringy. Guys, I had to pause the TV and look away several times because it was just so uncomfortable to watch. But if you're into that cringy dating stuff, then check out Love is Blind. Netflix is really leaning into the, the reality dating stuff and that's really not my beat. I don't watch a lot of those shows. I don't watch 90 Day Fiance or, you know, anything like that. But I tuned into Love is Blind season two because I did like the first season. 
And I can tell you last season, what, maybe four couples made it. This season, only like two couples made it. So maybe they need to scratch this love is blind idea. Because I already talked about on the podcast last year. No, it's not blind. (laughs) I'm sorry, but you need to know what the person looks like before you date them. You need to touch them, feel them, everything. (sighs) Anywho, my final point today is a little black history slash women's history lesson. So I hope you guys aren't tapped out yet. I hope you're ready for one more thing because it does tie into what I've been watching. I was put on to a documentary, a new documentary on HBO Max called The Beauty of Blackness. And this opened up a world that I was not even aware of. I was not aware of Eunice Johnson and uh, Fashion Fair Cosmetics and the fact that the founder of the Ebony Magazine also created a makeup line and had fashion shows. I had no idea. So I'm going to tell you guys the story about Eunice Johnson the history of Fashion Fair Cosmetics and the relaunch. And you might think like, I don't want to hear about makeup. If you're a guy listening to this, I'm sorry. But you have to at least respect a black woman creating a business, creating a space. I've been talking a lot lately, especially since uh, Black History Month. We're in March now, but black, I don't care. Black history is every day. And watching this documentary really warmed my heart because black women are just so awesome. So let me just finish up with this story. Uh, so beauty has always been connected to whiteness. The closer you could get to white, the more beautiful you were thought to be. I'm reading, I'm reading some of my notes that I took during this documentary because I was watching and writing stuff down like, oh my God, just soaking it all in because it's so true. Long story short, black women were compared to a white European beauty standard. And then we can't even find makeup if we want to feel beautiful and put some makeup on like our, our color that works for us. So to hear this whole story was just crazy. Just supply and demand, just demand and supply. Like this woman just saw a need. And so not a lot of black beauty figures to look up to those days, you know, back in the day. And the existing companies didn't have our shades, which made young black women feel less than. This one woman said like, if they didn't have your color, you felt like an outsider. You felt like a nobody. You felt like, like they, they not trying to cater to me for real. They felt less than. And even, uh, and then we get into darker skin women. Darker skin women couldn't get into the entertainment industry because they didn't even have their makeup. And, and then they struggled on set and they still do to this day. They had Kelly Rowland on this documentary talking about how, you know, she has struggled so many times with not having anybody on set to do her makeup and having a lot of bad looks. She said, I had a lot of bad looks. She said at one point, I don't know if it was a fashion shoot or what, but she said she wiped everything off. She said, I, I couldn't, I, I didn't like it. And so, um, basically black women were just struggling and we were really trying to get a seat at the table. And so John and Eunice Johnson, they started Ebony magazine back in the 1940s. They said they modeled it after life magazine, and this was launched in Chicago. And this is why this story is also close to my heart because I am from Gary, Indiana, just a hop, skip and a jump away from Chicago in the Midwest. And so, When I brought this up to my mom, I was like, hey, mom, there's this new documentary. Have you ever heard of Fashion Fair Cosmetics? She's like, oh, my God, me, your aunt and your grandma used to all wear Fashion Fair Cosmetics. And we used to be tawny glow shade. And you know how, ladies, you know, if you get into your makeup, you get your shade. You know, you know your color. I think, you know, for cover girl, I'm cappuccino or whatever. So it was just nostalgic to talk about Fashion Fair Cosmetics. My mom was like, yeah, that's been around since the 70s. Like, we all used it. 
And so um, back then in the 40s, Eunice Johnson, you know, her and her, she and her husband, they start this magazine. Ebony Magazine is taking off. But black women were still kind of left out of luxury. And so like Eunice Johnson felt like black women deserved luxury. They wanted luxury. And so she started hosting the Ebony fashion shows in the 60s and 70s. And the models let her know that they didn't have makeup. And she was the only black woman who was really respected enough to hang around couture people in the first place. So these fashion shows were a big hit. And, you know, they finally realized, all right, we should get into cosmetics as well. And so um, the basically Fashion Fair was doing great. Fashion Fair has been doing great for decades. You probably wouldn't know it because of the fact that the market is so crowded now. You know, back then, there weren't a lot of options for black women. Now we have Fenty Beauty, Uma Beauty, uh, you know, Juvia's Place, all these black-owned brands. And speaking of which, I was recently in a YouTube video on my friend Brianna's channel. So make sure you go check out uh, Brianna Renee J on YouTube. She did a YouTube video about black-owned makeup brands. And we also just kind of chopped it up and talk about how hard it is, you know, being a black woman. And so um, Fashion Fair was doing well for decades. But what happened was... After having 2,500 stores and three continents, Fashion Fair fell off because they couldn't keep up with the demand. Simply that. It, it was just like, people were like, we want more, we want more, and they just, they didn't have the means. And that's kind of what happens with our black businesses, you know? So they were on the verge of going bankrupt, and this woman who had previously worked for Fashion Fair, she previously worked for Obama, a whole bunch, her resume is, is lengthy, and Desiree Rogers is very much um, you know, accomplished. She said, it's more than makeup. It really is a salute to the beauty of black women. She really didn't want to see the leg legacy of fashion fair die. So she swooped in, she bought the company with her partner and now they have since relaunched in Sephora. So they're doing online sales in Sephora. And so Kiki Lane is now a new fashion fair ambassador. Kiki Lane, I've mentioned her before. She was in coming to America too. And uh, you know, some other movies, she's doing great. She's an up and coming black woman. So, you know, that partnership, that sisterhood and, um, just some other quotes from the documentary. We are in the most democratic era of beauty because of social media. Fashion magazines are no longer the arbitrator of beauty. So they were just talking about how far beauty has come. We went from one black woman back in the seventies saying, Hey, I think we should make some makeup for Brown people. And brown people ate that shit up because that's all they had at the time. To now this legacy brand kind of fell off. And these two women, it's always up to black women. It really is always up to black women to save the day. They had to swoop in and save this company. But they were saying like, um, it's very, very soulful. It's very personal. That's what's at stake for me. I wonder if, did I do a good job? Said Desiree, the new uh, owner. And, and she was saying like, she takes this so seriously because, like I just told you, my mama used uh, Fashion Fair, my auntie, my grandma. Legacies of black women have used Fashion Fair and they're expecting you to come correct. They're expecting expecting the legacy brand and you have a name to uphold. And it's just crazy how I've never even heard of Fashion Fair Cosmetics, but now I'm aware and now I'm supporting. And, you know, they've since uh, gotten into some... some uh, partnerships with some fashion designers Sergio Hudson said a black makeup brand can do white makeup a white makeup brand can't always do black makeup that is so so true 
And so the woman who's in marketing at Sephora, she kept it real. Because she was like, look, we're taking a chance, taking on this legacy brand. It might flop. And she said, if fashion fair doesn't thrive, history is at stake. It's up to us to support this brand. If this brand doesn't succeed, other little girls might not see the Eunice Johnson story. And I know for a fact, nobody was telling me the Eunice Johnson story. Nobody knows about all these little black inventors in all different major cities who really put on the culture. And, you know, we just have so much history. And that's why black history really is 365 for me because I'm still learning more every day about my own culture and these stories. And this was just awesome to learn about during Women's History Month because this is women's history right here. And then Desiree said that because this is you know, more than just a makeup brand to her. This is a community. She even made a manifesto for her company and it was beautiful. It was poetry when she read it on the documentary and it really brought tears to my eyes and, and she called black women majestic beauties and it just made me feel like, wow, we really are majestic beauties and this documentary just made me proud to be a black woman. So I'm gonna leave it on that note. The Eunice Johnson story, an entrepreneur, businesswoman, um, just badass women in general. So I wish I could just, you know, give women's history stories all day long, but I think I'll just leave it there. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening today. And you can always follow the podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at the YBO podcast. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, Miss Chris D, M-I-S-S-C-H-R-I-S-D-E-E. Alrighty, uh, that's all for now. I'll be back in two weeks with another full episode. Bye.